from Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Hi there, this is Mark Lloyd from Dubai I 103.8 and do enjoy this podcast. It was a very, very special one where we look behind the scenes at 50 incredible years of the United Arab Emirates when we broadcast live from Union House. We spoke to so many people who've really lived and grown in this fantastic country, including the royal photographer, Mr. Ramesh Shukla. That is a standout interview for me, which I absolutely loved. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, indeed, and welcome back to our show live from Union House. I feel very proud. I'm almost kind of, you know, wanting to weep a little bit today. And you've been here for (laughs) so long, so you've seen so many changes. I know. Um, 1985 was when I stepped on uh, Air Lanker plane from uh, from London's um, uh, Gatwick Airport with um, my dear friend, my best friend and singer Michelle. Uh, we were a duo and we'd loaded all our keyboards and all, all my drum machines and, and stuff were sent you know, cargo to the UAE. We wondered if we would ever see them again. And our first gig was over in Sharjah at the Holiday Inn, which is right there on the lagoon. An absolutely beautiful site, but really had no idea what to expect. But were you invited to come over just for a gig or did, were you moving over? No, it was for a three-month contract at, uh, at uh, the, the Holiday Inn. Mine was a three-month contract. <laughs> Too. <laughs> I know, and here we are 36 <laughs> years later. But I really did want to include uh, my dear friend uh, Michelle, who, um, you know, we spent a lot of years um, performing around hotels and in various locations, corporate gigs as well around the city. And I really did want to include her. And she did agree to say a few words. She lives in Australia now. Uh, but here's what, uh, ro- uh, here's what Michelle had to say about her memories of the Emirates. Hi, Mark, and thank you for inviting me onto your show to be part of the celebration of the 50th Jubilee National Day. I'm honoured to be asked to share memories of arriving in the UAE, and I remember vividly my first impressions of Dubai. I remember seeing the World Trade Centre for the first time in 1985, which was then the tallest building in Dubai, and literally standing in its shadow was the original Hilton Dubai. There was a single exhibition hall on that concourse and then nothing except car parking until the World Trade Centre apartments, which were three substantial buildings built in a similar style to the Hilton facing the Sheikh Zayed Road, which I believe are still there. Now, it might be difficult for some of your younger listeners to imagine what the Sheikh Zayed Road looked like then, but it stretched into the desert with just an occasional building between the Trade Centre roundabout and what was then called Defence Roundabout. It was actually possible then for pedestrians to cross the road as there was very little traffic. I'm not sure it would be a good idea now. I remember falling in love with the city, its people, its social life and its customs. There was something absolutely magical about the creek area at sunset and I recall many happy evenings sitting outside small cafes close to the spice market, drinking tea from small glass cups, eating Arabic bread fresh from the kiln and practising my fledgling Arabic language skills on patient locals who were invariably very kind and encouraging of my efforts. I recall the Hilton being something of a magnet in those days as there were very few hotels and clubs on the Dubai side and, like you, I couldn't wait to work there and to be a part of the changes that were happening already. The staff and management were like our family and the guests who came shared their own stories and impressions of Dubai. These were the early days of launching Dubai and the UAE as a tourist destination way before the internet made travel so easy. This would be the late 80s, some 35 years ago, and the Hilton would invite representatives of travel agencies from all over the world to come to Dubai and to enjoy a holiday in the sun. Without exception, they were wowed with the genuine welcome they received, with the quality of the hotels and the food and, of course, the beaches and the weather, and they went back to their countries and they gave first-hand accounts of their experiences, one travel customer at a time. And at that time, the jewel in the crown on Jumeirah Beach Road was the Hilton Beach Club. What a place. I have photographs of myself sitting in the sea, which was calm as a mill pond and the most perfect blue with pure white sands as far as I could see. 
One year, Father Christmas arrived at the Hilton Beach Club on a jet ski and it didn't matter that his chocolate gifts had melted somewhat. It was just wonderful that these magical moments were happening and that the people were coming to Dubai. The city had been a well-kept secret for years, but I think it's fair to say it's not a secret now. I left in 2002 and I feel proud to have shared some 17 years of my life with Dubai and the UAE and some of my dearest friends are still there. It's a truly wonderful place. And I think I left my heart there. Thank you, Michelle, for that. Um, kind of recollecting some amazing memories. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live, of course, on what is a very, very special day here on Dubai I 103.8 and across the country. It's the 50th anniversary, the Jubilee year of the United Arab Emirates. And uh, we're talking some of the people that have made their home right here in the UAE, and not only their home, but their life and their business. One of them is uh, Colm McLaughlin, the Executive Vice Chairman and CEO of Dubai Duty Free, who joins us on the line. Colm, a very good morning and uh, let me find out, first of all, um, your journey to the UAE and how it all started. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for calling. And sure, I will tell you how it all started. A hundred years ago, I was <laughs> the manager of what's called the Freeport Shop at Shannon Airport in Ireland. The duty-free industry started at Shannon Airport in Ireland in 1947. In 1983, the government here, civil aviation in Dubai, under the control of Mohidin Ben-Hindi, contract with the Irish Airports Authority to send a team of people to Dubai for six months in 1983 to set up a duty-free at Dubai Airport. I was one of the team of 10 people who came to Dubai as I say, I was the manager of the Freeport shop at Shannon Airport at the time. And I came to Dubai with that team for a six-month period. I arrived firstly in Dubai on the 15th of July, 1983. Um, and the six-month term started in October of that year. I was to stay with the team for six months and then return back to Ireland. During the six months, I was asked if I would stay and head up the duty-free at Dubai. I liked the idea, it appealed to me, and I therefore did a contract with the government of Dubai. At that time, it was for a two-year term, and that two years has turned into... 38 years. So that's how I ended up in Dubai. What a wonderful story. I mean, what does the UAE mean to you? I mean, obviously, you've, you've spent your your life here, a vast majority of your life, and also built an incredible operation at Dubai Duty Free. You know, what are, what are some of your great memories of those years that you've spent here, Colm? I remember, firstly, the very first day we opened the Duty Free, and um, we were absolutely thrilled with how the business was going. We started with 120 staff. And um, I was very, very happy to keep on repeating that when the current pandemic started, we still had 27 of those pioneers working for us. And I remember the opening day very, very well. I remember the opening year, we had sales in the first year in Dubai Duty Free of 72 million dirhams. And it was absolutely fantastic. And, of course, we roll on to uh, 35, 6 or 7 years later. And I'm very, very happy that Dubai Duty had become the largest duty-free operation at any airport in the world. And that we had sales, for example, in 2019, going from that 72 million in 84 to 7.2 billion in 2019 and of course all those years are full with terrific and happy memories and happy happenings and certainly a lot of positive things in all our lives and finally colin what does the uae mean to you um as we celebrate 50 years today 
Well, the UAE is definitely home to me, although I'm still as Irish as Irish can be. <laughs> and um, and we'll never, we'll never go away from no, that. No, don't let it ever but, go away. Of course, for the last 38 years, um, I've lived here. Dubai has become my home. Um, my main residence is here. My wife, Breed, is here with me. And I'm happy also that my son and his wife have lived here in excess of 30 years. Um, so the UAE and Dubai means everything to me. And the, 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 the positive attitude, um, you know, you didn't ask me this, but when I came here first, there was less than 4 million people going through the airport in a year. Yeah. In 2019, there was 89 million people went through the airport. In 2019, Dubai Duty Free had in excess of 6,000 staff working for us. And, of course, keeping the Irish thing in our bones, we did start the Irish village and has been going for more than 25 years. And what was terrific in everything we did in Dubai Duty Free, the positive attitude of, uh, you know, my chairman, his highness, Sheikh Ahmed, and nothing shouldn't be tried. There was always approval and support I to do. And along the way, I'm absolutely thrilled that Dubai Duty Free has won 700 awards in the duty free industry. We became a big name in the duty free industry worldwide. And as I say, at a single airport, where the, the, the largest operation there could have been. And we have our Irish village, we have our second Irish village, we own the tennis championship, we sponsor golf, we have sponsored the Dubai Duty Free Irish Derby in Ireland since for the last 20 years, for example. We sponsor horse racing in England, which is all promoting the name of Dubai, and that is some of the things we have been expected to do, and I'm delighted, and absolutely delighted that Dubai became my home. Colin McLaughlin, it's been a real honour to have you on our show today and congratulations on 50 years of the UAE. Mark, thank you very much indeed. And I'm tempted to say there's another 50 to go, but I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) That was Colin McLaughlin. Now, considering uh, um, he's been here for how many decades, he hasn't lost that Irish accent, has Uh, he? No, not at all. No, Irish through and through. But uh, a real pleasure to have him joining us um, on the show today. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I-103. 3.8. Well, welcome back to the show. We are live here from Union House, of course, celebrating 50 incredible years here in the UAE. And we're also celebrating the people that have made Dubai their home as well, their businesses. And uh, one of them is Shelley Frost, who set up uh, the fantastic performance uh, space at the fridge over in Al Sakel Avenue. She joins us on the show right now. Um, welcome along, Shelley. Great to have you uh, with us. Um, so tell me a little bit about your journey to the UAE and how it all started for you. Hi, Mark. Well, it all started in um, the middle of 1997, and it was actually the opening of the new uh, Jumeirah Beach Hotel. That was my initial calling to Dubai. Okay. And there were fascinating years because there were very few freelance artists. And during those years, I worked only as a as a harpist. And uh, I, I remember the incredible weddings in Al Ain and Abu Dhabi in those years. And um, obviously, Dubai was a very, very different place nearly 25 years ago. And it was it was more like a like a a big village and a, <laughs> and a booming city it is today. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's several years since you've been here. As you say, you came here as a professional musician uh, playing the harp for what sounds some fantastic um, uh, performances and occasions. But then you went on to um, set up your own business. What was the inspiration to set up The Fridge, Shelley? I think it was a comment from uh, a friend one night just saying that um, uh, one of those sweeping comments saying, you know, Dubai doesn't have any culture and they were talking about musically speaking 
and I had something that set off a little light in me. <laughs> I thought that's not true. There's so many talented people here, and I think that what's actually lacking is a platform. And that gap between the the bigger stage things, or the things happening at Trade Center back in those years, for example, or Tennis Stadium um, before we had the choice of venue that we have now. Then that kind of um, grassroots stage where artists can play original music, where it's res- that music is respected, and where you, as a dweller in the city, can connect in with that developing cultural scene and, and find who your favourite artists are and watch their trajectory from from year to year. So um, it started out as a performance space and, uh, of course, uh, became an agency as well, you know, finding uh, finding actual gigs for uh, musicians and performers in the city, Shelley. Yes, I was always part of the picture because, um, uh, as any artist will know, it, in the beginning it's not your independent music that necessarily keeps you in house and home. So there's always been a very necessary pairing in between um, the the booking work as an artist, uh, for, for the artists, um, the various residencies at hotels to the corporate functions that allow artists to then develop and ply their, their, their original independent music on, on the side. Um, and to be a fully gigging musician is very, very helpful in many ways because it keeps you playing and keeps you developing as opposed to perhaps having a day job and, and, and doing your music on the side. So what are some of your greatest memories, Shelley? Um, whether it's uh, you performing live, um, whether it's performances at the fridge. You know, when you think back over the years that you've been here, what are some of your best memories? One of the most striking memories was meeting Sheikh Syed um, at a wedding in Alain um, that he came helicoptered into. And, and, and it was obviously an all-men's wedding. Uh, but being um, just in, in his presence, and uh, meeting that the incredible giant of a man that he was and the the aura that he exuded um, was something that I'm very grateful to have experienced. Something else very recently was the visit, the first visit of a Pope to this region within 800 years um, with the Pope's visit in Abu Dhabi, which was just an extraordinary experience with... Um, um, well over 80,000 people gathered um, for a papal mass um, at the Zayed Sports Stadium in an atmosphere, once again, never to be forgotten. Um, so those are possibly two of the most marking experiences. And finally, Shelley, I mean, you know, what does the UAE mean to you as we celebrate 50 years today? Um, what does it mean for you specifically? It's is it has taught me relentless reinvention and driving forward Um, a a sense of vision that is tireless and the confidence of knowing that one has the resources (laughs) to step into and live that vision that's something we see around us all the time um with the various projects on a on a governmental level and that trickles down i think into all of our lives so i think ultimately for me this country is about looking forward and it's about the incredible energy and, and and vision that drives both the country and therefore all of us in it um forward in a very positive and ever ballooning (laughs) sense. Shelley, um, a real pleasure to have you on our show. It's a very, very special one. And thank you so much for joining us and being included in it. A very happy 50th National Day to you. Well, thank you very much. Shelley Frost from the fridge. Oh, I've been to the fridge many, many times. I love that place. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Some amazing performers there. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. 
Well, once again, we are live here at Union House on what is a very, very special day, the 50th anniversary, the jubilee of this incredible country, the United Arab Emirates. And uh, many people have spent many years um, living here in the UAE, just like I have. And joining us on the show right now is, is Dave Katanak, Dave C., the manager of the Irish Village. Dave, thank you so much for spending your time uh, with us on this very special day. So I'm intrigued to know when you arrived here in the Emirates and, uh, you now, what was the journey that that you had? And thank you for uh, letting me talk a little bit about my journey. Well, I arrived in 1985 uh, on PIA, and it was an amazing flight from Manchester because it was a jumbo jet. And, of course, I'd never been anything as big <laughs> in my life. So it was like travelling VIP to Dubai. Uh, the funny thing was, though, landing when we got off the plane... Of course, in those days, it didn't go into the terminal. Um, so we got, I got off the plane onto the runaway. I'm going, oh, it's quite hot, this en- engine from this jet. And then, <laughs> again, I'm thinking, this jet's really... And, of course, it wasn't. It was Dubai in, in June. Uh, oh, dear, it was hot. And coming from Blackpool, Liverpool, it's, uh, it was a bit of a shock. And it was a culture shock trying to get used to the heat. But I got it quick, quick, quick soon, and I got used to it. And it, it was great, you know, so... Yeah, those were the uh, that was the arrival into the Dubai International Hotel, which is, uh, of course, now Le Meridian, where I spent yeah. many, many happy years. Uh, I actually met my wife in the nightclub Studio Seven, um, which was I, I was operating, and she was cabin crew for Philippine Airlines, and and we met, and uh, yeah. Uh, we fell in love quite quickly. I don't know why she did, but I did anyway. So, and we got married, uh, you know, over 30 years ago, and and we spent our life in Dubai. And uh, my son was born here, uh, Dylan, who's now 17 and doing really well at school. Um, my memories of Dylan, though, was he was on the uh, centre court with the Harlem Globetrotters, and uh, they brought him on, and he was only about six or seven. And he made a shot that got the whole stadium on his feet. So that was oh wow! I mean, that was Dylan's that was Dylan's introduction to the real world, you know. <laughs> right now, um, I mean, you went on to, um, you know, set up your own business. You were the manager at the nightclub there. You set up your own business, but then you became manager of the Irish Village, which was a real kind of you know landmark, and still is. It's just celebrated twenty five years. Just tell me about that experience of managing such uh, you know an incredible property. I think I'll just nip into, I did operate an open Dubliners as well. So that was uh, the Irish bar across the road from the Irish village. And when I heard they were building, uh, Irish village opened about six months later. And I looked at this Irish village and thought, well, that's Dubliners gone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I moved over and I operated uh, Century Village, a couple of restaurants there. Then I had my own little business, fish and chip shop next to the Irish village. And then was asked to take over the Irish village and... Yeah, what a beast it was. It was a, a great learning curve to, to jump in there. And it allowed to, and allowed to do concerts and, and start things. And it, it amazing, the Irish Village. And things we've done over the years, we've doubled in size. You know, the stadium uh, has allowed us to, to get bigger. I think we filled every corner of the stadium with the Irish Village. And uh, yeah, great days. Great days being allowed to do concerts and, and, and all the events we've done over the years. It's, it's been great fun. Tell me about some of those concerts because there have been some real landmark performers. I remember Sting filling the, uh, the tennis stadium for not one but two nights, which was unprecedented at the time. It really does hold some incredible memories. I mean, Sting was... And I met Sting backstage and he was, he was really, really nice, genuine... It was great, and it was, yeah, the two times we filled it, it was amazing. The likes of JK from Jamiroquai, who was supposed to be, you know, difficult to work with, he was absolutely lovely. He came and sat with his staff, talked to the staff, and, you know, he was, he was one of those guys that, you know, even though he's a star, remembered, you know, where he came from. Um, I know more recently as well, of course, just uh, last weekend, uh, you had the Whalers, uh, which absolutely was fantastic. Almost kind of sign uh, that, uh, you know, concerts were coming back. Yeah, it was great for us to do the Whalers. Um, And they were honestly, from start to finish, really nice guys, chatted to them, did some meet and greets, and then they came on and... It was a great show. I know I saw you, I saw you dancing yourself, Mark, I believe, yeah? <laughs> and uh, it, was just, it was just one of those, you think, wow, we're back. And we've got lots of concerts um, uh, lined up for next year, so that would be good as well. But, yeah, it felt, it felt that we were sort of another step forward to, to recovery or 
to deal with COVID as we all have to now, you know. Now, uh, finally, last question, you know, what does the UAE mean for you? It's obviously been a huge part of your life. How would you describe the UAE? Uh, UAE to me is everything. I mean, I, uh, I, this is my home. This is where I met my wife. This is where my son was born. This is where my career blossomed, if you want to call it blossomed, thanks to... Uh, uh, Mr. McCollum McLaughlin, the Dubai Duty Free, uh, amazing. Uh, it's everything. I mean, I love Blackpool, um, which is where I was born, but I wouldn't go back there if you paid me. Um, <laughs> love my football team. Um, but, yeah, Dubai's everything. I mean, I love, I love being here. I love the change it's made over the years from being a village when I came here to grow into an inter- international city, you know, looking after its people. And I-, I just love living here. And hopefully I'm going to retire here if they let me, but... It's my favourite place on the planet. When I go back to the UK and I'm in the Lake District with my family, I said, I can't wait to get back home. And they're going, you mean Blackpool? I went, no, Dubai. <laughs> uh, Giving me, giving me absolutely everything um, I could want. No, it's an amazing place. And uh, my thanks to everybody who's allowed me to stay here over the last 36 years. Dave C., always a pleasure to have you on the show and congratulations uh, on your life and your family and your job and the United Arab Emirates on this very special day. Oh, that was amazing. I agree with Dave C. I mean, I like Blackpool, but I would choose the UAE. I think so, yeah. Definitely Blackpool um, over, uh, or definitely Dubai over Blackpool, I should say. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Union House in celebration of the 50th National Day. Well, once again, we are live here from Union House for this incredible 50th National Day celebration. And uh, we're talking to a lot of people who've been here for many, many years. Now, joining us next is Barry Kirsch, who's a musician, fantastic musician, and also uh, open probably one of the first recording studios ever here in Dubai. Barry, thank you so much for spending your time with us here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Mark. Tell me a little bit about your journey to uh, Dubai and how it all got started. It all, it all it started in the most peculiar way, actually. I had my London studios, and one day a guy wandered in and asked if I could find an Arabic voiceover for a bit of uh, post-production that was being done in London. And uh, so I, I found an Arabic voice, and I, I, uh, that was the beginning, because I suddenly became the guy uh, who was known as the person to go to for Arabic. <laughs> and this was going back to about, I would think, probably about 19, late 1980s, um, and, and that began a relationship, you know, with one client that led to another, led to another. And I was still in London at the time. Um, and, and then I guess the, 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 the determining factor was when I was then approached by, I'm still in London at the time, approached by Emirates to design their very first Sonic logo when they were still a fairly relatively young and aspiring airline, uh, which we did, uh, their Sonic logo, and uh, it became an absolute icon. And um, so that, that started me traveling to and fro to Dubai and uh, dealing with my clients. And, and then I, there was a lot of talk at the time about media-free zones and bits and bobs and things. And, and I, I felt I, I, I needed to change. I've been 25 years in London. Yeah. I, I was really I was interested in, 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 in what, what, what seemed to be a kind of you know, bubbling on the boil. And... Um, and, and look at where we are now today. I mean, quite extraordinary. You it's know. incredible, isn't it? I mean, yeah, t- tell so, me about setting up the studios, because I think there was quite a, perhaps a void of recording studios when you came onto the market. There was quite a void of studios. I mean, I remember out here, the only studio that I was aware, there were two, actually. There was, there was AVP and there was a, a guy called Tambi, yep. a dol- dolphin. Uh, and I think we, we were probably the next. Um, and we, we set up uh, initially in... Um, uh, we, we, we set up a small operation at Shakeside Road, not for very long. And then after a year, we went to what was called the Production Village with Tim Smythe, and sadly now passed away, uh, Filmworks. Um, and the Production Village was a collection of, it was a, like a kind of a, it was a sort of a, a mini blueprint for what was to become Media City. It was a small area of production companies, event companies. Tim had his Filmworks, we were there. And that's where I first started off in, in our cause. And then uh, as soon as Media City opened their, their doors, I, I, I moved into there initially as a, as a freelancer. Um, and then uh, from there, I, I built the business. 
Um, I mean, looking back, you've done some amazing events here. You've uh, even produced uh, radio um, imaging for 92 a few years ago. I mean, what are some of your greatest memories, Barry, uh, of your achievements? I think in terms of in terms of my achievements, in terms of what things that the company have done that we're really proud of, um, I think certainly the, the 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 branding of all the TV stations, um, Dubai TV, One TV, the Sports Channel, when they came along, that was a, that that was a definite milestone. Uh, doing the score for City of Life, which was a, a yeah. very big film. Uh, we've done music for so many openings of so many um, shopping festivals, national days, fireworks. Uh, we've created uh, uh, iconic uh, sonics like Do, um, Eti Salat, uh, and many others. Um, we, we, we are responsible for creating the official version of the UAE National Anthem, which is something, again, we're very proud of. And of course, most recently now, we are the uh, music, the official music department of Expo 2020, which is a, a great place to have kind of reached, you know, as a, yeah. this amazing milestone of 50 years of the UAE. Um, so I think that that's a good, a great accolade for us. And uh, I'm very proud to, to, to have won that. I'm very proud, you know, to be, be a part of it and very, very proud to still be very much involved in this incredible journey that this country is on. It is an incredible journey and um, you know, to have you here, to have you on our show has been absolutely fantastic, Barry. We look forward to the next 50 years and uh, we'll chat then. I certainly <laughs> hope so, Mark. I wish you all the best. I wish uh, uh, all the best to uh, everyone out there and enjoy a wonderful national day. It's a very, very special one indeed. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Well, once again, we are live from Union House on this very special broadcast. It's the 50th anniversary of the UAE and talking to many people that have made their lives here, made their homes here and grown their businesses here. And joining us next up on the show is Brian Wilkie, MBE. Uh, Brian, great to have you joining us and a happy National Day. Well, thank you, Mark. It's such a it's such a wonderful day. I mean, for the UAE to reach this milestone that few would have uh, given a you know, high chance of it reaching it. I think it's just a, such an achievement for everybody. Congratulations to all concerned. Yeah, it is a great achievement. So, uh, I mean, you've done some amazing things here in the UAE. We'll get to the Duck Theatre very shortly. But tell me about your arrival here in the Emirates and how it all happened for you. Well, when I arrived in 1976 in Abu Dhabi first, I was working for a British company selling fire equipment. And it was a far different place in those days. Both Dubai and Abu Dhabi were less than a quarter of a million people. Um, the the road between them was uh, pretty ill-used at the time. There weren't <laughs> many people on it. Yeah, I remember remember once driving up from Abu Dhabi and having two punctures on the way because um, tyres were pretty bad in those days and the roads were hot. And it took me 10 minutes in the middle of the afternoon around 4 o'clock before the first car heading to Dubai <laughs> came along. Oh, wow. Would you really? Yeah, and look at the highway now. The Sheikh Zayed Road now is pretty impressive, isn't it? So, um, yeah, way back then, um, selling fire equipment, but um, you moved on to set up another business. Yes, well, the, the company I was working for closed, and um, so I was left here with lots of time on my hands and no money, Met my wife, who came out here as a singer and dancer. Uh, we moved on and we started a the first call centre here, the first motorcycle delivery company, Memo Express, uh, which we sold after 15 fairly eventful years. And it was just a, a great place to live and uh, lots of friends from those days. And it's still now a great place to set up and do business with with. Uh, you know, if you're enterprising and, and reasonably hardworking. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, of course, you uh, went on to theatre because theatre is a real passion of yours and uh, set up, I remember coming to the opening ceremony of this uh, particular theatre called Duck Tack. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, my wife actually suckered me into, into acting, joining the local underground group, and we, we did lots of pantos and a few serious plays, and one night we were rehearsing, something or other, I can't remember what, in my in our living room. And people were moaning that there was no proper theatre in Dubai, which there wasn't. And I was just in the right frame of mind, and I said, well, why don't we build our own? 
and the uh, original idea was to build a fairly small studio theater in the uh, in the desert on the grounds of the country club but like most things in Dubai, the idea grew and grew and grew until it grew into into Dubai Community Theatre and Arts Centre, which was which was fabulous. I mean, we had the the large 540 seater theatre, the 200 seat small studio theatre, the Kilachan, lots of rehearsal rooms, lots of um, art studios and sculpture studios and pottery, music school. One of the first here. It was just a a fabulous thing. Where and it was. Thanks to uh, Marjorie Alfa-Tame, whose who generosity let us put it into the Mall of the Emirates then, um, it was 50% commercial, 50% non-profit, so we were able to help lots of the nascent um, arts groups get, get started then. I mean, as you look back over your career over the years that you've been here, what are some of your proudest moments, um, uh, uh, Brian? Well, certainly is the one that you mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, Mark, the... Uh, the opening ceremony, because we all had tears in our eyes. We, we never thought that day would come. Um, also, standing on top of Kilimanjaro with 48 other people after we set up Golf for Good, which is still going and celebrated its 20th anniversary last week, Yeah, uh, with having built schools and orphanages all over the world. Uh, marrying Sammy, certainly, uh, and building and setting up the building. Some of the, uh, the, the Sheikh, Sheikh Ahmed bin Saeed of Emirates, is still the patron of Gulf of Good, a wonderful man who's, who's done so much to help the country. His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. I just seeing Dubai grow from its, its small beginnings around the creek to, to what it is now. I mean, I'm standing in our house in Jumeirah Islands, and I'm talking to you, and... You know, we used to come camping out here because there was no light pollution. You could see millions of stars. We used to go camping where the marina is now, yeah. by marina for the for the same reason. And it's grown, and it's still, and it's grown properly. You know, the the, the infrastructure's always been there, not like many cities that have exploded. You you don't get power cuts here. The water works, the roads work. The driving might occasionally leave something to be desired, but um, certainly it's it's. it's far cry from what it was before and it's it's a beautiful city great standard living and still safe and clean you know it's the envy of many places around the world deservedly it's one of the best places to live uh, and nobody would have thought that 40 or 50 years ago that was Brian Wilkie from Duck Tack. I've spent many a times at Duck Tack watching some great shows. I bet you've been on the stage, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. actually. Yeah, we were <laughs> filming there. And, you know, they did lots of classes as well, arts and crafts. We did a lot of those too. Yeah. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Once again, it's Lunch with Lloyd, live here from Union House on this very special 50th National Day here in the UAE. So many people have uh, helped uh, make this city what it is today and uh, arrived many, many years ago. One of them joining us on the line right now is Gail Clough, who is famous for setting up the Laughter Factory and many other things as well. Gail, welcome to the show. I want to ask you um, your arrival into the UAE, how it happened for you. Well, I arrived at the start of 93, um, and I came here as a DJ at the Intercontinental Hotel, which is now, I think it's called the Radisson now on the creek, and that was the biggest, poshest hotel in town in those days. <laughs> right, and I think probably maybe the first female DJ that came to these shores. I'm guessing that I was, yes, yes. There wasn't very many uh, female DJs globally in those days. I was very lucky I got to play in 11 different countries. So what kind of music would you have been playing back uh, in 1993 at the Intercontinental? Right, well, it was uh, Khaled DD, um, Ace of Bass, All That She Wants Is Another Baby. That seems to follow yeah. me around about six countries before <laughs> I ended up here. Um, I... Um, Dr. Alban was out oh, in wow. my life. Yeah. Hadaway, Baby Don't Hurt Me. Yeah, all big songs from, from that era. Um, so you had quite a career here as, uh, as a DJ. Uh, but then you decided to, you know, form your own business and get into the world of comedy. So tell me about that journey. Yeah, well, that was a bit of an accident, really. There was, wasn't very much here in the way of entertainment then. And uh, uh, myself and my business partner, Duncan, we just wanted to watch some comedy, you know, um, and there was a couple of big names that used to come, but we decided to go in a different direction with it and uh, bring what was called in those days alternative comics, 
And the term alternative then meant an alternative to sexist, racist jokes. That's where it comes from, the original term. Because remember, you used to have the guys yeah. with the mother-in-law gags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were the alternative ones. So we brought alternative comedy here, but it's not alternative now. Now that's just normal comedy, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, did you expect how successful it was going to be? And that I think you've just celebrated 25 years? Yeah, not at all, no. I mean, it was completely self-indulgent. I think it was to just stop us dying of boredom ourselves and it was sold out the first time and then we did another one and it just went on from there and what would you say the uae means to you now being a businesswoman your company celebrating 25 years um you know it, do you consider dubai as your home definitely yeah it's my home i feel safe here i think when you work in any type of nightlife and you don't have to employ back in the day while well, security companies to come and collect the payments and the change and you can walk around yeah. in the middle of the night with the night's takings in your handbag and go and pick up a bottle of milk at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> you know it's that that's very freeing you know it's you know you couldn't do that in any other major city i don't think you couldn't could you and it, i don't know there's something about dubai that is very hard to leave i mean what are your plans um for the next uh, few years with the laughter factory is it going to continue is it going to expand um, we want to continue it, uh, not necessarily expand it so much, just bring more and more different acts from different places. We've just tapped in. When we couldn't get acts out of the UK, we started to get into the American market, and that has been fantastic. It's been a huge success. And then we've also tapped into these very quirky, like, Eastern Bloc acts from Romania and Estonia and um, it's it's created a whole uh, different dimension and a whole different flavour to the club, and the audiences are loving it. So that's something that we're really keen to grow. Uh, you mentioned the audiences there. I'm sure they were very different back in uh, the day when you started 25 years ago to what they are now. I, I'm sure they're probably a much more comedy-savvy crowd. Definitely. Back in the day, people used to say, I want a joke with a start, a middle and a punchline. <laughs> you know, whereas yeah. now people are much more open to different styles, different stories. And of course, the Internet as well has widened people's um, appeal for comedy. You know, um, I mean, we used to be 80 percent English and 20 percent mixed. Now we're 20 percent English and 80 percent mixed. Uh, and finally, then, Gail, uh, you know, what would you like to say on, on this 50th National Day? Oh, it's just been fantastic living here. It's been an absolute joy. I've enjoyed every minute of it. You know, obviously you get your, your moments, but generally speaking, out of the 11 countries I've lived in, this has been the best by far. No comparison. Gail Clough, 11 countries she's lived in. Wow. Wow, yeah, and uh, what a success story, of course, the laughter factory is. I've not asked you yet. You asked me about how I got to yeah. Dubai. I don't know your story, uh, Punam. Yeah. How did it happen for you? So I never had any plans of leaving Birmingham, I just yeah. have to say. And I was working at the BBC, and um, I, I got an email in my junk email, and I was about to delete it, and I thought, I'll just open it, and it said, Dubai One TV looking for presenters. And my sister and her husband were going to be going to Dubai just for three or four months for yeah. his work. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll just send my, you know, they were looking for a new TV presenter, so I sent it. And um, they replied back two days later, saying, we never advertised in England, but we'd like to offer you a TV show. <laughs> and I went, excuse me, without any interview? And they said, yes, can you get on a plane? And I said, okay. And it was a three-month trial, and that was 14 years ago. Amazing. So you, you were the face on TV. I remember, what was it? Out and Out, about. Out and about. Out yeah. and about. I remember that uh, program very, very well. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it was absolutely super. So that's Punam's story. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. We are loving broadcasting on this very special occasion here from Union House. It's lunch with Lloyd through two o'clock and we're going to turn the lunch into brunch right now as we are talking to AJ once again, a.k.a. Mr Brunch, as to places that we might want to go out and dine this weekend on this National Day. Happy National Day, AJ. How are you? Thank you. Happy 50th. <laughs> yeah, happy 50th. Well, I'm a bit past that now. I'm a bit past the 50th. <laughs> Add another 10 on there and, and we might be right. But there's going to be a lot of people wanting to go and dine in style this weekend. So what have you come up for us? Uh, a couple of brand new launches. 
um, and one old favourite. So we're starting off um, at one of the brand new launches, which is actually launching tomorrow, and it is called the Vintage Festive Brunch, and it's down at Alcasa. Oh, I like Alcasa. Yeah, lovely part of uh, lovely part of town, isn't it? So, uh, Festive Brunch. What are we, what's going to be on the menu for this one? Uh, so, as you'll probably know, Alcasa packs such a punch in terms of class and excitement, and it's one of the one of those historically that's been always in the top three of uh, obviously Dubai wow factor brunches. And as, yeah. we, as you said, the name suggests. They're starting to step into the, uh, the festive spirit starting tomorrow with this, uh, this brunch that starts um, every Friday up until Christmas Eve. So you can expect all of the normal Jumeirah's high standard of food from uh, the Hyde, which is their American steakhouse. Uh, and then they've got Arboretum, which is their international uh, restaurant. So all of the, uh, the flavor, their usual dishes will take on a bit of a festive slant. Um, and they've also got uh, a live vintage jazz band playing all of your old festive favorites from like the, the Rat Pack and Nat King Cole, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, and I'm sure Michael Bublé will slip his way in there somewhere as well. Okay, that's a good start, Michael Bublé, and a little bit of jazz for a festive brunch. Yeah, I haven't been to Alcazar for a brunch for years and years, but it is really beautiful there. Yeah. All right, that's a great start then. Uh, what's it going to uh, cost us on that one, uh, AJ? <laughs> that, that's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to watch your pocket, but um, you, pay, you do pay for, uh, for quality. So it's Fridays uh, 1 till 4.30, so a longer one. Kids are 2.50. Uh, soft drinks package is 420. Uh, house beverages package is 550 and if you want to splash for, uh, for Christmas, it's the premium bubbly package for 720 Okay, um, that's um, option number one when it comes to our uh, brunch menu um, today. Let's get on to our second one. Where are you going to take me next? Uh, we're going down to Business Bay, and this one is another new launch of a, or say a facelift rather. So this is called Secret Wonderland Brunch, and this one is at the Taj uh, JLT, which is on their, uh, say, mezzanine level, um, Tesoro and Treehouse. I've heard of the Taj JLT. Yeah. There's a lot going on in there. So the, it's called the oh, Treehouse, you said. Sorry. The Treehouse. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, just just describe it for us a little bit. What the, what this outlet's like. Uh, so it's it's got amazing Burj views. Um, they've actually dressed this one up. Um, in a theme of Secret Wonderland, so obviously Alice in Wonderland uh, fairy tale type theme. Um, they've got a nice wooden um, deck that you can obviously look over the Burj and all of Business Bay. Um, they've got lots of weird and wonderful kind of entertainment, dancers, drummers, performances, and, and some cleverly named uh, beverages as well. Things like uh, Maleficent, uh, the Mad Hatter, and obviously the Forbidden Apple Teeny. So it's a brand new uh, secret party brunch they've taken over from, uh, from Love Party. So expect lots of uh, big, loud, brush entertainment and, uh, and great views and food as well. Sounds good. Um, what's this one going to cost us if we want to disappear down the rabbit hole? <laughs> so depending on where you want to uh, kind of feel the ride, they've got two separate prices. So you can either sit indoors um, and in, in Tesoro. So it's two nine nine for their indoor soft beverage package, three nine nine for house beverages, or four nine nine for sparkling. Or um, as you probably want to do in this lovely weather, if you want to sit outdoors in Treehouse, it's three four nine for soft drinks. 399 for a, a ladies package, uh, 449 for house beverages, or 549 for sparkling. They're two different options. So, Mark, the next one on his list is actually my local. I love it, this do place. Do you love this place? I love it. I mean, I don't go very often, but I do love it. Yeah, Lala's at Zabil House. Tell us about that. Uh, you are one of the people that I'm talking about there. So, Lala, this is another one that's gone for a few of iterations of their brunch but the venue as you'll know it stands the test of time it's really popular with its uh, neighborhood locals we actually used to live around the corner in the greens as well um so it's just a nice kind of walking distance where you can pop in and um they actually do really really good um asian food at uh, at lala which was unexpected when i um when i when i first walked in there um, this brunch is actually based on the cuisines of uh, thailand vietnam uh, singapore and cambodia nice Love it. Yeah, uh, um, the noodles in there are just amazing. They really are. So, What do they come up with uh, for uh, uh, their brunch? Uh, it's a nice three-course um, brunch. And it, as you'd expect, it's really, really relaxed. It's kind of come as you are. They've even got two separate um, time frames. You can either turn up for the day brunch, which is uh, 1 till 5 p.m., or they actually do an evening version as well, 7 p.m. till 11 p.m. So, all, as you mentioned, the noodles are part of it, the Thai beef salad. Um, they've got 
lots of different dim sums and uh, lots of lamb dishes as well. And uh, both not too bad on the pocket either. So only 225 for soft drug beverages, 295 for house beverages or 395 for sparkling. Fantastic, AJ. Uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, highlighting some of those uh, great brunches that we can enjoy this weekend as we celebrate uh, the 50th National Day. Uh, and we'll catch up with you again next Thursday. From Union House. This is Lunch with Lloyd. Celebrating the 50th National Day at the historical site of our nation's union and the birth of the UAE. On Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Now, when we talk history, this next interview is real UAE history as it's a real honor for us to have uh, joining us photographer Ramesh Shukla who's devoted his life to capturing iconic images of the United Arab Emirates even before they were the Emirates six years after his arrival from India he captured the famous moment when the UAE was formed via a treaty signed in 1971 Ramesh it's an honor to have you with us how are you is my good luck my camera good luck or my good luck 70 71 this my camera this picture seven ruler of national logo today i good luck by 71 only six i sign only one family together 71 Wow, what what a story! Now, um, let me let me bring in uh, your son Neil here. Now, you've got the job because you said Dubai Eye is your favourite radio station. I've been listening to this uh, <laughs> every single morning on the way to school runs, and uh, we have a battle between the kids and I. And kids want to hear to Chris, and I want to listen to you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, of course, you have grown up uh, watching your your father and and his incredible career. I mean, th- just give me some of your thoughts on, you know, what he has achieved and how proud you must be of him. I mean, it's been a long journey for my family and, uh, to be restoring this entire collection, archive of thousands of images. Uh, the resources were very scarce in the 70s where we had to make sure the negatives were in perfect condition, humidity, dust, uh, heat. So my mother and my father worked very hard. We had a small porta cabin uh, uh, home in Dera, Nasa Square, which was our bedroom, kitchen, and a dark room. Aww. So our utensils, our thalis, which is what we eat Indians, thalis, our thalis rep- were our plates to develop negatives and photographs at the same time to eat in. So with very, very scarce resources, this collection has been created and maintained. So let me ask you, what was the first, what was the camera that you used those days for these photos at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Huh? My, my father, I 15 years, 15, my age, 15 years, my happy birthday, he tell me, my son, his gift for you. I talk, Papa, my one dream, one camera. Oh. Please. <laughs> camera, uh, roly call camera, roly call camera, this time price. Is expensive. Uh, expensive. It's 50, 55 years ago. Mm. This camera very expensive, Papa. is my dream. Okay, I try. My father here, here some money. Or camera, my father hand. Mm-hmm. or give my camera, my father, my hand. I talk my father, my papa, this camera I challenge papa, this camera after long time, this camera is the world famous. Wow. I challenge, world famous this camera. My father is, well you are joking? My papa, not joking. It's my dream, my dream, my sub dream. Okay, Papa, 100% this camera start of the world name. After my dream finished, India too much collection, water collection, Agra, 55 years. After coming one Dwarka ship, Bombay to Dwarka, one dream can be near city. Let me just interrupt one second. What I want to tell, uh, so my father traveled all over India from north to south. Yeah and he photographed with his camera and he was very fascinated with the Adhuwasi tribes which are the nomadics of India yeah. in the jungles. So he was very, very, he wanted to capture very raw images of uh, the Indians of India, the Adhuwasis. And once he did that, his exploration was to go abroad, go to Africa and go to the subcontinent and also this part of the world to photograph. So he found out a resource, got somebody together and got on the Dwarka ship out of Mumbai to travel to Sharjah. So that's what it's explained. Wow. And, and tell me Sharjah. Uh, you yeah. arrived in Sharjah. Dorka ship coming to Sharjah. This is all my camera. 
50, 60 road, black and white, yeah. or coming to Sarja, my four, five days coming here. After uh, I decide, I decide, ke Papa, I note my name, this country, my name, so I not coming back India. I before coming my name here, one name after coming. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna make yeah. a name for one yourself. One year, two and years, three years, four years, ten years, fifteen years. My father, you call my brother. You quickly come in. Your father sick. I go. My father died. My father died. Or I go plane to India. India to Ahmedabad. I no see my father. This is history. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. After start my camera, after my one book, two book, after my father's dream, this is my Hitler Museum. All metro Tesan. Yeah. Now uh, you, th we've actually got some images um, yeah. right here that you've that you've brought along, and also a beautiful book. Just uh, you've just opened it there at, uh, at the first page. Just describe what uh, what that is. So that's the first time my father actually came across the founding fathers. This is a Sharjah race course. That's where all the GC GCC races were taking place in this particular uh, grounds. So you can see all the flags of Bahrain, Qatar, they're all over here. So you can see Sheikh Zayed, Sheikh Rashid, Sheikh Vajira, they're all scouting and sitting on the floor. Was it easy for him to get access straight away towards them? There was... Yeah, so th that's the unique part. So when, when he took this picture and he was doing such very strange things, sleeping on the floor, scouting, uh, climbing on things, they were <laughs> all paying attention to what is this man doing? What's wrong with this man? <laughs> and then, uh, then, then after that, he took this picture, he ran to a small lab which he had, which he had made, in the 60s, and then he presented the first picture to Le Sheikh's rise. Oh my goodness, and the, uh, just a young boy. So they, sweet. I mean, 22 my, years. That is, uh, you were 22, um, 22 years old. You were 22, but you looked 16. Uh, boy today, 84 years. <laughs> Bless you. Wow, you look fantastic. Yeah. You really, oh, really this do. Is a, this time, my note, uh, some car, one Dubai to Sarja cycle. Tell me about your memories of the signing. Um, here at Union so I House, think uh, I think there's an actual photograph. Yeah. What what do you remember about the actual yeah, signing of of the treaty? Yeah, that, that, that there's so many images. I, I wish I could show the show our listeners all of them. But what what's your memory um, of of the actual signing of the treaty, Ramesh? This, this picture, this picture, seventy one. Yeah. You. Small house. Yeah, yeah. Everybody come in, shake across here. One table, or this picture, pen, shake, right. I no idea. Can do to all gather. The same sign. I am only two feet. My camera. Mm -hmm. My camera is like this. Oh my God. Wobbling, it's yeah. Signature. I after is one Arab man. This signature after Sheikh Hamdan lecture. You lecture, today all UAE together, all king together, one family together. I proud this is my life, that this picture, today National Lobo. Proud. This is you should be proud. I mean, what an image that is, and the sharpness of it. I mean, yeah. the, when we talk technicalities of photography, I mean, this is back in 1971. How yeah. slick it looks. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the beauty about, uh, it was a partnership between my mother and my father. My fa mother was a lab technician, yeah. so my father would take the pictures and she he would explain to her the, the time, the temperature, to how to develop the negatives and how to print it. So it was really a very technical uh, endeavor for them both. The reason he was able to get so close to the founding fathers, because after taking hundreds of pictures of them, he would never sell it. He would never ask for money. Oh. He would only say, what do you want? They would say, I'll give me a blessing. Oh. I just want you to bless me. And but that's why he had a complete access. But he's been blessed because tell everyone about the Expo Passport. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, I mean, we're right here now in 2021. Expo, um, a very special passport you have. So on page 49, is the only, the only picture in the Expo Passport is when Sheikh Zayed signing the Federation. And that was the one taken by your dad, Ramesh. Yeah, that was taken by your Yeah. This picture, 71, if this signature, after go to outside, one flag UAE, Ramesh, that took picture flag. 
the UA flag I took or this flag 71 this the flag first flag all thing here this is his national logo uh, to explain about this yeah. picture, the, the way this picture was taken, again, your hands are to be very, very still. It's manual focusing, manual metering. So he actually slept on the floor. He put the camera on the ground. So yeah. It doesn't shake. Yeah. And this negative, there are 12 pictures taken of this particular moment because the film has only has 12, 12 uh, s slots opportunities. Yeah. So you can see, and this picture has been blown up to almost 50 meters. It wow. doesn't lose the resolution. Oh, the sharpness is just fantastic. Now, I know there's a book where, where we can see all of these uh, images, where our listeners can uh, see these images. So tell me about the book. Yeah. Well, we have almost 11 books which are published, uh, which uh, dictates, to, tells about the Federation of the UAE and the history of the UAE. But the most iconic place for the listeners to come is to Ithiad Museum. That's yeah. uh, Father's Permanent Museum. His collection showcased over there, and it's a beautiful grounds you can see, and it'll be great for people to come and visit that yeah. museum. Well, once again, sir, a very happy uh, National Day. 75 feet long. 75 feet long, yeah. this picture. Only one picture, picture opening. Wow. Shake. Only one picture, 75 feet. So many pictures this He has so many stories and we don't have enough time no, no, for them, that's no, the problem. So just one last thing, uh, you'll be seeing this picture all over uh, uh, the UAE in the next few days okay. because we have just uh, done a uh, partnership with Dubai Tourism yeah. and this is going to be bombarded in all the malls, on the, uh, on the highways, everywhere. So, look, so do look out for that. It's Lovely. Uh, Ramesh Shukla and uh, Neil, thank you so much for being with us on the show and respect to thank you Thank you, Mark. Thank respect. you very much for having us.